Thank you, Heather. And, uh, well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, church. Um, my name is Ian. I've been a member of this church for a good many years. And, and it's my privilege this morning to share God's word with you. We've been following a series on Together We Go. And this morning, I'm, I've been given the topic Unity. This was Jesus' prayer for the church. The one thing that Jesus prayed for the church in John chapter 17 is that we might become one as Jesus and the Father are one. And it's mentioned a few times in John 17, verses 20 to 23. So much so, Jesus, this was his heart's desire for God's people, that we might be united as one. Paul prayed for this as well. He prayed uh, that we might become one. And he also prayed in uh, Romans 15. He said, I pray you might live in harmony with one another. And if at all possible, he said in Romans 12, he said, he urged us, if at all possible, to live at peace with everyone. But as you well know, we live in a broken world. A world which is, everywhere we look, we can see a lack of peace. We can see broken lives. We can see wars. We can see families which break up a lack of unity. It's been very much on our minds, I'm sure, everyone, just what's happening in Israel and Gaza. And I've asked Paul and to come up and Paul works for Christian Mission to the Jews to share something with us and to lead us in prayer of this situation. So, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Ian. Well, it took about a tough call. Yeah. <laughs> the situation that uh, we find in Israel at the moment is heartbreaking and we uh, our thoughts go to the people who are suffering and just a very very brief thing before I go into prayer I, th I think I, we need to understand Israel is a sovereign nation a nation that was came into being as a result of a United Nations vote back in 1947, um, but it, it's a, 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 a land that has been peopled by um, Jewish people for three and a half thousand years, uh, and yet somehow there has been a constant desire by people to get rid of that nation, and it, it's spiritual. Okay, we look at today, we look at politics, but there is a spiritual battle going on here. And what has happened in Israel is, is become, it's an existential threat. The nation of Israel is threatened not only by Hamas, and I'm not going to say the people of Gaza, I'm going to say by Hamas, but by the people that are backing Hamas, which is the Iranian government. Not all Iranian people, we have a Persian here among us who I know will disagree with what's going on with the government. But, but what we need to remember at all times is that God has his hand on this situation. 
we see things, we see cruel things, and if anybody has seen videos of, of things that are happening on both sides, horrendous things are happening to ordinary people. We need to pray that God will bring about his will in this situation. Because what it comes down to is men and women are trying to exalt themselves above God. That is the primary reason why this thing is happening in Israel. It's why we see the war in Ukraine. It's why we see conflicts across Africa, parts of the Far East. Wherever there is conflict, it is because men and women try and exalt themselves above the Lord God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that should be at the forefront of our minds as we pray. It's very easy to take sides. It's very easy to be, make the whole thing politicized. And sometimes we have to recognize that the world, politics in the world, collides with theology. It's happened down and down and down through the ages. But there is a reason for this because people are trying to set themselves up instead of God. And God's plan was to bring the saviour of the world through the Jewish people. And therefore, if the enemy, our enemy Satan, can bring down that Jewish people, he thinks he can thwart God's plans and that's the basis for it. But that doesn't stop us praying for the people. So that's what I want to pray for. Thank you, Ian, for that opportunity. I pray, Father, for Israelis who were caught up in this conflict, those that were um, so cruelly dealt with on that first day, uh, last Saturday. I pray, Father, for those who have lost loved ones, those who are being held hostage, those who uh, have been called into the, the, the fight against this evil. And I pray, Father, for the innocents, that you will please have your hand on them and reveal yourself to them in a very real way. Many of those Israeli people, those Jewish people, will know something of the scriptures, but they may not know you personally. I pray that you will draw them into a relationship with you. And I pray for the people of Gaza, Lord, that you will bring low those men and women who have evil desires, who have desires to use innocent people as, as, as shields uh, against the enemy, those who would destroy life, those who would use resources to destroy life and property. And I pray, Father, for the ordinary Palestinian people, the ordinary people of Gaza who just want to live their lives and get on with their neighbours and uh, have good relationships with those that live around them. I pray, Father, for peace for them. And in the midst of war, which is a, a terrible, terrible thing, Lord, I pray that your hand, your spirit will move on those people. I pray especially for those, Lord, that Jenny and I know, the, the, the Arab Christians in Gaza, who have already suffered terribly at the hands of Hamas. I pray for peace for them, and I pray for opportunity for them to preach the gospel in such difficult position, difficult conditions. And I pray, Father, for the government's concern that you'll give them wisdom and strength to make the right decisions to bring this uh, terrible conflict situation to an end. But above all things, I pray for your hand, Lord, you to be the, 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 the ruler and controller of this situation. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Paul.
I want us to look this morning as we're talking about unity at Psalm 133. Just three verses. It's a Psalm of David's, and no one knows exactly when it was written in David's life. It may have been the time when he went up to Jerusalem, when the, the kingdoms were united between north and south. It may have been that David was reflecting on this time when the, the, the tribes came together. But it's, a, it's a, a short psalm, but a powerful psalm about the blessings of unity. And I'm reading from uh, the English Standard Version, but it'll be slightly different on the, on the screen. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard of on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes it is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion for there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore We pray, Father, like the psalmist prayed, that you'd, you would open our eyes to behold wonderful things in your word. It's a short psalm, but I want us to consider it. Behold, the psalmist wants us to take note of this. Wants us to take note that it's a good and a pleasant thing when we dwell with one another in unity. Now, sometimes things are good for us, but not pleasant. Discipline, it says, is good for us, but not very pleasant. Some things are pleasant and not particularly good for us. But brothers, or, or all of us living in unity, David is saying, or God is saying to us, it's good and it's pleasant. It's good that you're doing it. It is pleasant. You'll get the benefits out of it. And you'll enjoy it. Sometimes when we're looking at words in scripture, good and pleasant, we, we look elsewhere. Where do we find good and pleasant mentioned elsewhere? And just a little bit further on in, in Psalm 135, it says, Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to his name, for it is pleasant. And again in Psalm 147, it says, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. So part of this, behold, it is good and pleasant, also has overtones and rings of praise to God, praising to God that he is good and that is a pleasant and enjoyable thing to do. So in this psalm, David is commending us in living together in unity, living together and sharing together in unity is a good thing. It brings praise to God. It is pleasant. And after I've spoken, we'll be looking at taking communion together and that's a real sign of unity as we share together and, uh, and remember 
the Lord Jesus Christ in his death for us. In this psalm, I, I detect four things that I would like to, to speak briefly about. Four things that blessing brings that ble- in unity. Um, I've called them four R's. The first one, it says running down. The second one is refreshing, I believe. Then it's renewal and revival. The first picture that David gives is of the oil which is poured on the head. Now, these are, this oil which was poured on the head, and it was uh, first done on Aaron, who was anointed priest. And the, the oil would be full of uh, various herbs and spices, which would give off a, a tremendous fragrance as well. We know that uh, when Jesus was anointed in Bethany, Again, the oil was used and the fragrance filled the house. And David is picturing this oil as symbolic, really, of an anointing. Symbolic of the Holy Spirit coming and falling. We sang it first of all, didn't we, today? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. This oil is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which we pray for. And the, the unity which David is speaking about here, the unity of living together, he said it's like the oil, this precious oil which is poured on the head and the fragrance of it just fills the house. And throughout uh, scripture and elsewhere, this oil is often uh, a picture of the Holy Spirit. Paul refers in 2 Corinthians to the aroma. He says in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14, thanks be to Christ who uses us to spread the aroma of Christ everywhere. Isn't that fantastic, you know? We're hoping to go out and to reach out. Together we go. That's our theme we're looking at. We're going to reach out and we're hoping to to establish something in South Wigston And in the surrounding areas, together we go, we want that oil of the Holy Spirit to just run through us. It falls on, you see, it spreads everywhere. It says it's on the head, it runs through the Aaron's beard, through his cloak, through the bottom of his cloak. And the picture that David has given us is this fragrance, this oil spreading everywhere. So let's pray for this cascading blessing which God promises here for those who live in unity. Secondly, it speaks of refreshing, I believe. The second cheer that Paul gives, uh, David gives here is of the dew of Hermon falling on Mount Zion. Now Hermon was the tallest mountain in Israel. Uh, I'm not sure how many thousand feet it is, but it's over 10,000 feet. Often it had snow on the top. And it's known for this very heavy dew. Mount Zion is pictured as being dry, lacking in water. And David is trying to give a picture here. It's as if the dew of Hermon falls on Mount Zion. Mount Zion was small mountains. You can think of Mount Zion being literally small. 
and think of Hermon being that magnificent mountain full of, of, of dew. And David is trying to say, we want the blessing of Hermon to fall on Mount Zion. I was thinking about this and thinking, well, where is, what, what is this picturing? I look back in the past and I see when there's been an outpouring of God's blessing. And, and I rejoice that God has poured out his blessing time and time again in, in a big and a mighty way. But I want that blessing to fall on hope, church. The Mount Zion that we are. May the dew of God's blessing or in, a, in a big way fall on us. And, uh, and I believe it will. I believe if we pray and I believe if we stand together in unity, we will see the blessing of God come and bring refreshing to us. So as we go out and we step forward together, I pray and we all pray that we might know this refreshing dew which falls on us. There's a prayer that in revival, people have used this prayer time and time again. And in the, in the Isles of Lewis, which was a great revival in 1949, there were people praying this prayer, for I will pour out water on a thirsty land and streams on dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your spring and my blessing on your descendants. And the prayer that they made was, O Lord, fulfill your covenant blessing now, we pray. Fulfill your covenant blessing on us. This was in the Isle of Lewis. And we say too in Hope Church, fulfill your covenant blessing, Lord, that you will pour your spirit upon uh, your offspring and your blessing on your descendants, pour on dry ground. Bring refreshment, we pray. I don't know about you, do you feel sometimes dry spiritually? Do you sometimes feel it's hard going? Do you sometimes feel that uh, you go through periods of drought, as it were, in your life? Well, when we meet together in unity, when we come together, it, that is the place where refreshment often comes. One of my favorite things to do is to, to have a meal with friends who believe. I find it refreshing. I find the company refreshing. I find it encouraging. When I go out with other people and who are like-minded, I love the communion. It brings refreshment. Enjoy the company of one another in the Lord. Together in unity. And you will, I believe, find it tremendously refreshing. And we pray for God's refreshment. I pray that God will revive us and refresh us as we step forward with him. We'll have some time after communion to, to do that when we pray. But the third thing I want to mention is renewing. It brings new life where there hasn't been life. 
where people become born again, where people come to know Jesus Christ for the first time, when new life springs up. There's a lovely picture in Ezekiel 47. Uh, Ezekiel has a picture there of a temple and uh, on water trickling out of the temple. Ezekiel was uh, mentioned this. He said, I was there and I, the water was just, tr just a trickle coming out. But as I walked further, the trickle became ankle deep. And as I walked further, the trickle became knee deep. And then it became waist deep. And then it became so deep, I couldn't stand up. And, uh, and everywhere I looked, the trees around sprung new life. And, uh, and it's a picture of what God can do. It's a picture of God. Things begin as a trickle sometimes. But they can move on to be ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. And it can be a river which no man can uh, uh, cross. I pray that that river will flow. It says... Where the river flows, there is life. Over the years, we've had lots of pictures in this church of the river flowing. There's even a stream under this building, which runs underneath, which floods sometimes when you get tremendous rain. But it's a picture of the river which is flowing. And I, I long that this river might flow from this church into the community so that we might see a total renewing, that people get renewed, people get born again, people to know Jesus. And the last thing I want to mention about this is reviving. This uh, unity of blessing together can bring a revival. <laughs> Sometimes there are special times when, as we look back, it's not just been the odd ones or two that's been converted or the group, small groups, but there's been an, a tremendous outpouring of God, a tremendous outpouring when the trickle became not only ankle deep, knee deep and waist deep, it, it affected the whole community. You know, the there's a difference between evangelism and revival. Evangelism we do all the time. We tell people about Jesus Christ and we want them to come to faith and, and, uh, and part of our outreach all the time is evangelistic. Revival affects communities. When revival comes down, it affects the whole community. And you probably gather that I'm Welsh and, and I'm a bit sad today, of course, because... <laughs> We lost to Argentina yesterday. But being Welsh, I've often looked at and studied the Welsh revival. And it, some people say it began with a young girl called Florrie Evans. Florrie Evans lived in Newquay in West Wales. And Joseph Jenkins, who was a minister who was... A, a, gathering together a group of people who were praying for a deeper relationship with God. And he in, in the church, he invited people to stand up and give a testimony. 
and no one was standing up at all. And then this young girl, Florrie Evans, stood up and said, I love Jesus with all my heart. And that sparked something in that community. And, it, they, and from there, the fire spread throughout Wales. And within one year, 100,000 people were swept into the kingdom of God. And others were praying deeply for that at that same time. That happened in Wales. It happened in the Isle of Lewis. In the Isle of Lewis, there were two old women. Not been derogatory about them. They were 84 and 82, and they were praying together. And they'd go, they'd pray from 10 o'clock at night to 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, every Tuesday. And they did this for um, several months. At the same time, there were seven different leaders of the church meeting in a barn and praying uh, for one and a half months, every night, that God would come. The Isle of Lewis had 37,000 people at the time. The churches were empty. No young people at all. And uh, these two old women who were praying had a vision. One of them had a vision of, of a man, a strange man coming to, to their pulpit of one of their churches and preaching. And the church being full of young people. And that, well, that's exactly what happened. If you ever look it up, uh, it's an amazing story. How God came down and the dew descended. It was as if the dew of Hermon landed on the Isle of Lewis at that time. That's just two examples from our country, but this happens over the world. It's, it's happened in Africa, it's happened in different places where we've seen revival coming. I pray that we're a little Mount Zion, if you like, at Hope Church. And I pray that the dew of Hermon will fall on us. I pray that that will happen on our community as we step out and reach out. Well, what is it that united people here that invoked God to command his blessing? Because the last verse there says... For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. What is it that united these people? What is it that God wants for us? I believe the thing that united them and what is a love for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what these people uh, in revival had. They had a love and a passion for the Lord Jesus Christ. And the second thing they had, they prayed, may kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. They were praying for that. I believe that if we take this seriously and pray, I believe God will fulfill his covenant promise and pour out his spirit, and we will see God move in mighty ways. I want to encourage you to pray like this. I want you to encourage you to take it seriously. I'm speaking to myself, because it's too easy to give up in prayer after five minutes. I think that's a long time. <laughs> but to take God's word seriously, and I believe we will see God work. 
I want us to share now in communion with one another. This is a real sign of being united. And you'll know that on the night that Jesus was prayed, when he prayed that prayer that we might become one, he took the bread and he took the wine and he said to, about the bread, this is my body, which is given for you. And he took the cup and he said, this cup which you're about to drink is the new covenant in my blood. And as often as you drink this, you remember my death until I come. So we're going to spend some time in just communion. And then I'd like you to take the bread. There's a station at the, the back and at the front. Uh, take the bread, take the cup. We, as a sign of being united, we'll, take, we'll drink the cup together. So hang on to the cup. And, but take the bread as you receive it. So, Father, I ask you that you will fulfill your covenant promises, that you will pour out your spirit on us, and that you will unite us together in, in a love for you. We love you, Lord, and we want to love you more. And as we take this bread and take this wine now, we pray that you will, in some mystical almost way that it will become to us uh, more than just a remembrance but it will uh, be part of the un of being united together in everything that you've done for us we ask this in Jesus name amen